1: Hustle on over today.
0: Welcome to Hot Up The Mess, a podcast from The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush. You can call me Sam. You may know me as Bravo Historian on Instagram. As usual, I'm breaking down this week's Bravo headlines and talking pop culture. Anything really that comes to my mind, but not limited to... Olivia Rodrigo, our little pop princess, very, very invested in that little Disney star. I'm obsessed, and I'm also obsessed with Jennifer Aiden owning the Jersey reunion. It is now the Jennifer Aiden show, and the Caroline and Dina saga continues. Um, It's been going on for like 14 years, and it just kind of just keeps getting worse. So let's get started. Before we get into anything Bravo related, there are just a couple like little quick things I want to discuss that are happening within like the pop culture world. And let me first start by saying that if you're not streaming Sour by Olivia Rodrigo, what the fuck are you guys actually doing? Like May 21st should be declared a national holiday in honor of this pop princess and her album release because. So she first came out with driver's license a few months ago and honestly like. It was life changing. And I've just been waiting for this album ever since. And then she came out with Deja Vu and then she came out with Good For You, which is kind of like it kind of gave me like Paramore vibes, which I wasn't expecting at all. But then she came out with this album and like I I can't stop playing it. Like there's this one song. It's called One Step Forward, Three Steps Back. And you guys, okay, let's get personal really quickly i was in like this really weird like on again off again relationship with the sky for like three or four years it was like so stupid and we had this like anxious avoidant attachment style relationship and that is literally what this song is about because so what it, if you don't know what that is let me just like quickly explain it now i'm not a psychologist like i'm not a therapist i'm none of and nothing like that i've just been to a lot of therapy so I'm going to try to explain this as best as I can so there's like a secure attachment style an anxious attachment style an avoidant attachment style and I personally I mean I don't think this is a shock to anyone is like I have an anxious attachment style which means like I like to have reassurance I constantly think everyone hates me everyone's mad at me I read into things like it's just a lot I mean you can imagine and then an avoidant person is like not I don't want to say the opposite of that but when someone who is anxious is like, they want more from that person who is avoidant, that person pulls back. And then it's like, then the anxious person gets more upset because now, now they're like begging for that reassurance and they're not getting it. And then the other person's closing up and it's like this push and pull, it's so toxic. It's literally like, when I if you Google it, it will say like, quote-unquote, the most toxic relationship styles. And, like, that is the number one. And so when I heard this song, I swear I was like, this was written about me and this person's relationship. And it's crazy, honestly, because I'm almost 30 years old. This girl is 17, and she just is, like, an amazing songwriter. She definitely – you can tell she is a Swifty just because of, like, her songwriting style – um, but if you're not a Swifty, don't let that det- like deter you at all. It's so amazing. And so I sent the song to like one of my best friends and I was like, oh my God, is this not me and so and so? And she replied back and she goes, holy shit. It's like she literally wrote about your relationship. So it's just like really crazy. And it's like if I had this album when I was like in middle school or in early high school, I would be the most dramatic person. I'd be like, crying and listening to this in the on the floor of my room like it would just not be good so honestly I'm kind of happy it didn't come out then because I don't need to be like more fucked up than I already am so yeah if you haven't streamed it or downloaded it bought it I don't know what people do these days I just go on Spotify um, check it out it's so so good and then I know you're probably tired of me talking about Ben and JLo, but I just have to talk about this one more time. And I will probably continue talking about it because they were like so instrumental in my childhood. Like there are my parents, and then there's Ben and JLo. Lo. Like you I don't think people fully understand, but it's fine. So they're currently shacking up in Malibu and they're literally not hiding from paparazzi. He's seen on the balcony, smoking cigarettes. She's meditating. I think there's one photo out there where she's like peeking through the, the curtains and like looking at him. It's it's interesting, but that's not what I want. Really want to talk about what I want to talk about is an eagle eyed fan noticed that Ben. So there's this photo of J. Lo and Ben walking down the stairs. And first of all, Ben is looking a little thin. I think he's filming a movie. I could totally be wrong, but um, he is wearing the same watch that was originally gifted to him from J. Lo back when they did the Jenny from the block music video. I mean, like they are giving us what we want in 2021. Like they are making being a celebrity interesting again, because I think personally, I've been missing that. Like I've been missing this, like seeing them walking and the watch and they're they're just giving us everything that we need. And I am forever thankful. Now, another big piece of news is my queen Ariana Grande got married to Dalton Gomez, who I believe is a real estate agent to the celebrities, to the stars. I'm not really totally sure about him because personally, like, I don't care that much. I just love Ariana so much and her wedding photos are absolutely beautiful. She's making me rethink like all of my wedding plans that I don't have, um, meaning like I'm not engaged or like anything like that. But, I, you know, I do have a Pinterest. Okay, so I'm going to say something a little controversial. I just hope people allow Ariana to like move on and be happy and like stop comparing everyone and everything to Mac Miller. And I am like the biggest Mac Miller fan like circles his albums constantly on repeat for me like I I really I just love him so much and it's so sad that he passed away. But I just don't really love this idea of people on TikTok or Instagram or social media, basically, like constantly basically reminding her that like that was the love of her life. And it's like it's really sad. I don't think she needs to be reminded of this like she lived it. I see this tweet, I swear to God, like once a week where they'll be like Mac Miller died thinking that she was getting married to Pete Davidson. It's like. Okay. It's really really sad, but things in life they happen, and I think we all need to like let her move on from that. And people also love to do this with like Justin Bieber and Selena on TikTok like I don't know, Gen Z's like very invested in this like whole idea that Selena and Justin are like star-crossed lovers or something. I'm like, no, guys, they dated for like many years. They had a very toxic relationship um, and now he's married to Haley. And it's like, just leave them alone. Just leave them the fuck alone. There's like all these like fan cams of them like and their romance and how they were like soulmates, but at the wrong time. And it's like, or they were just people that broke up. And like, I get that I'm saying all this, who's like, really obsessed with Ben and JLo together but like that to me feels different because they're both out of relationships and like when he was with Jennifer Garner I was never like begging for him and JLo to be back or when JLo was with A-Rod or uh, Mark Anthony I was never like making fan cams of her and Ben Affleck like together it's just bizarre so I just think the whole thing is like too much and I just want people to just chill the fuck out and just let Ariana just like live her fucking life, make her amazing music, wear her high ponytails, like, you know, just just leave her alone. And then lastly, what I want to get into before we dive into Bravo is my Kimmy has failed the baby bar exam. Um, She announced this and TMZ reported this story with probably the shadiest sentence of all time. Um, (laughs) It reads, Kim scored 474 on the exam a passing grade is 560. Kim's mentor in taking the exam Jessica Jackson said quote this is extremely close on a test that most people are not taking in the middle of a pandemic unquote and TMZ then ends the article saying it is unclear how the pandemic factors into taking the exam. Woo! Okay so (laughs) when I read this I screamed because It's so shady and it's so intentionally shady, but also like I kind of get what they're saying. Like Kim has like immense resources that the average person who takes a exam like doesn't have. But also like I'm trying to keep in mind because I do love my Kimmy is while she's studying for this fucking exam, she's filming a show, studying for the bar. She's going through a divorce from fucking Kanye West. She's got four kids. She's also like running skims. She's got Kim Kardashian with beauty like and oh, yeah, and the pandemic is going on. So it, it just sounds like a lot. I think we need to cut her some slack. I mean, the fact she's even doing this is like, I think, amazing. You know, we wish her luck on her second exam. Um, I hope she doesn't get discouraged and not take it. I don't think she will. I don't think Kim is like that kind of person. I mean, obviously, I know her personally. Let's just send good vibes to Kimmy. Let's she needs it this year. I feel like last year was kind of a shit show for everyone, but also her because this high profile divorce like I I genuinely can't imagine I went through a breakup like right before the pandemic. OK, we don't really need to get into that. It's whatever. But so that's all I'm saying. Good for Kimmy.
1: You lead a busy life. The last thing you have time for is shopping, prepping, and cooking a healthy, homemade meal. With Chef, enjoy authentic meals freshly prepared by the best local cooks in your community and delivered to your door. No prepping, no cooking, no subscription necessary. It's one less thing to worry about after a long day without sacrificing the quality of a homemade meal. Schedule your meals with a local cook at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com.
0: Okay. Let's dive into the Bravo Cinematic Universe this week. We got the Potomac trailer finally. And you know what? I think people from what I'm gathering and seeing on social media, people have kind of stopped sleeping on Potomac. Like before it was like I was convincing people to watch it. I was like, please, please, please. Like you can start at season one if you want. I personally didn't love that season, but that's just me. So I always tell people to start at season two. I really think that's when it gets really good. And much like how I beg people to watch Married to Medicine, that's how I feel about Potomac. I just think everyone needs to be watching it before the premiere on July 11th. So we get the trailer. One thing you learn about living in Potomac is a town of smoke and mirrors
1: never know who you can trust.
0: It's very Wisteria Lane. It's giving me Desperate Housewives intro. Wendy is the Mary Alice doing the narration and the whole thing gave me chills to be honest. Like seeing like the wind blowing and the gates opening and the flowers and the birds like scattering. And then, you know, and then we see our girls like doing water aerobics. Like I'm like, this is why I love these women so much. Karen wants to show her pubic hair. Candace baby spinach on the new housewife. And I hate to even acknowledge this. Like I refuse to really even post about this on my Instagram because I just don't want to even put any energy or thought into these Rumors, but the Eddie cheating rumors, the Eddie cheating on Wendy rumors. I'm not loving it. So a couple weeks ago for Mother's Day, these rumors were like coming out more and more that he has like a love child or something with a woman from his firm. So on his Mother's Day post to Wendy, he was like, thanks for being a mother to my three children like he made it all caps like guys, I only have three. So I I just don't see I don't know i don't see eddie doing that eddie seems like a great guy but i mean men are trash sometimes but also i just i love that wendy is like getting her flowers like she is truly a fucking breath of fresh and i just i am obsessed and i think she got new titties they looked like way more voluptuous and also at one point in like the little promo that they did a couple weeks ago maybe a month ago i like have no concept of time anymore Um, she's like holding this cupcake that has, it's a boob. And she's like, anybody want a titty? And it's, it was so good. And then of course we have the new housewife Mia who I have learned more about her in the trailer than I have about Erica Jane and like her five seasons. Like I know that Mia fucked in a Waffle House bathroom. I know she has like father and mother issues and she was in the foster care system. And like, I know all of that. And so I'm just so happy they are back July 11th and honestly the fact that we get new york beverly hills and potomac all at the same time like we are truly blessed i feel like bravo was like 2020 was such a shit show for everyone like let's give the people what they want i cannot wait okay let me get into the caroline and dina of it all and before i do that let me start by saying that in no way am I condoning domestic violence? Okay. Let me make this very clear because some people were somehow like making that assumption because of my Instagram stories. I just think like everyone is allowed to have an opinion. And while I think this event is like absolutely horrible, what happened, I'm also allowed to struggle with like this whole idea that Carolyn would write this letter. Like I was just shocked. And I think you're allowed to be shocked. I I'm confused by this. Like This idea that I can't be surprised that Caroline would write this letter for her brother-in-law. I don't know. And that somehow means that I'm condoning, like, domestic violence. Like, that's absolutely ridiculous to me. Let me just start by saying, like, we also don't know these people. I know that we like to think that we do. I mean, like I've kind of created like a whole entire Instagram account around this idea that like we are so close with them. But at the end of the day, like we don't know these people. We don't know their relationships. They seem complicated. They seem a little confusing. I just okay. I'm going to rant really quickly (laughs) about something that's been weighing on my mind for a while now. And I've had discussions about this with other Bravo accounts. I just feel that recently, within the last like maybe year, there is like no room for nuance, no room for discussion or anything when it comes to talking about Bravo online. Like, I truly don't understand this idea that because I like, for example, Candace, I suddenly hate Monique and want her dead and like hate her family like That makes no sense to me because it's not the case at all. So I have made a vow. I vow to everyone on this podcast, on my Instagram, on Twitter, everything that I will never refer to myself as team anyone moving forward because I just think it contributes more to this idea that like if I like someone, that means I hate the person that they're fighting with or or anything like that. And honestly, I love every single housewife. I truly do. Even when I don't fully like their actions, I mean, I 86 Kelly Dodd from this conversation. She is like not a part of my universe whatsoever. But so like, for example, when I say I like Dorinda, that doesn't mean I co-sign every single thing she's ever said or done, because what she did to Tinsley last season was like heinous and like. But then again, I also know that I don't watch these shows to watch perfect people. I watch these shows to see women live their lives, make mistakes, fuck up, you know, deal with like business issues and tax issues, which seems to be like a very common theme among our our girls. But yeah, I just, I'm finding it to be frustrating and it just makes it hard. And I mean, of course there is a line, I think, like when people are like racist, a la kelly dodd cameron brandy like those situations like absolutely like that's where i do not like fuck with these people but when it, when it comes to like things that these women say that are mean or hurtful um or just nasty that doesn't mean i'm gonna like quit watching i'm like completely rambling and that's you know what it is what it is i just had to get that off my chest i just i just i'm not about this idea of like it's one or the other, you know what I mean? And I think there's a lot of Bravo accounts out there that agree. You know, it it's not fun to like tweet your thoughts and have people like, you know, called Jennifer Aiden's big toe, like suddenly like, you know, wish your firstborn like death. Like it's because I because I like Jackie, like again, because I like Jackie doesn't mean I hate Teresa. Do I love everything Teresa does? We'll get into that. Um, We'll get into the reunion in a minute, but you know, I'm I'm just saying. I hope people start having fun with the Housewives again and have fun with Bravo again, and yeah, stop looking for every single reason to hate the women that we're watching. Like I said, I think people make mistakes, and they're allowed to make those mistakes as long as they learn from them and apologize and listen, and yeah. So, anyways, let's let's really get into the news about Caroline Dean after that little rant. So sorry about that, but. Earlier this week, the news came out that Caroline had written a letter on behalf of Tommy Mianzo. Now, I want you guys to get your pen and paper out because the, the family tree here, the lineage is a little confusing. So Caroline married Al, whose brother is Tommy and Dina then married Tommy in 2005. OK, so Tommy is not Dina's daughter's dad. That's like a whole other guy. And then her and Tommy ended up getting officially divorced in 2016. But I believe after some research that they have been separated for longer. I think they separated in 2013. Okay, so in 2019, now we're fast forwarding a little bit. A man, you guys have to, this this is so Jersey. A man named James, and they call him Jimmy Balls. Manello was arrested nearly two years after he allegedly broke into Dina and her husband Dave's house and said, this is what happens when you fuck with people from Patterson, like hit them with a the bat, I believe. Just did horrible things. I, then they like stole uh, Dina's engagement ring. I believe they stole some money as well. They kicked her. Um but as we all remember, Patterson is like the famous quote from Teresa, where she's like, "I'm from Patterson." Did you forget? And it's like so iconic. And Dolores says she's from Patterson. Like I guess people from Patterson, like you just don't fuck with them. That's the gist that I'm, you know, getting here. So in July of last year, Tommy was accused of hiring uh, Jimmy Balls, the hitman. And Caroline had wrote this letter to the courts recently, um, saying that he was a caring and kind-hearted person. And then he was released from jail and during the hearing as he awaits the trial. So I don't love it. I don't love that Caroline did this. I find it confusing. I know that her and Dina don't really have a relationship and haven't for like 10 years because I'm right now rewatching season four of New Jersey and that was taking place in like 2011. And they were not speaking then. So I don't think they've had a relationship for over 10 years. Not saying that that's any excuse to like write a letter on behalf of your brother-in-law who like beat up your sister and like hired a hitman. Um, Not great at all. So, yeah, I mean, people are like lighting Caroline up, uh, rightfully so. And we'll see what happens. I do find it interesting that like he was released. The judge, I guess, said that he wasn't of like a threat to anyone and was like fleeing the scene that there was also articles i read where like members of like the clergy and police and law enforcement have written like witness letters on his behalf as well um but i also think this is like again much more nuanced than just like caroline's a shitty person for doing this to her sister which i mean i don't love it at all but i also am aware that they might have alleged mob ties and i'm saying alleged because like i'm really not in the mood to get like whacked by anybody part of like the mafia like that's just not for me um not my journey that i really want to partake in so i had this thought the other night like i was really thinking about this and i was like maybe caroline feels like she's in a tough position like this is her husband's brother who's also his business partner at the brownstone there's alleged mob ties here like it could just be a lot more complicated than like we're led to believe or that like we maybe want. I think it's easier for us to think like, OK, Caroline's just shitty and Dina's the victim in this situation, which Dina is a victim in this situation. But I do think that it might be more complicated. That's all I'm saying about that. I don't want to get in more trouble with anybody else because people were like really coming for me the other day. Um, so now that we're still in Jersey. Let's switch gears here a little bit and go to the Jersey reunion.
1: Jackie, you spent a number of years working as a lawyer. Did you ever experience sexual harassment?
0: I did. I had bosses
1: who would massage my shoulders while they talked to me. You let them? Yeah, because I didn't want to get fired. Oh, my god. (laughs) Teresa, have you experienced sexual harassment? No, No. No. Nobody would put their hands on me.
0: I have so many thoughts about this Jersey reunion. First, let me start by saying I feel really bad for Melissa. I know she's not everyone's favorite housewife. I know people think that she like doesn't, you know, give us anything and she's boring and she says, "Okay, I disagree. What I really hate is that the set of the reunion is split. It's Margaret, Melissa, Jackie, Andy, and then it goes Teresa, Dolores, Jennifer. So I'm looking at it this way. The right side of the stage is like the quote unquote old school people. And the left side of the stage is like much more like. I don't know. They don't live in 1940 anymore. And I just hate this fucking idea that the right side of the stage is like projecting and basically telling her that Melissa can't work and that she can't take opportunities. And Joe is, you know, in his complete right to like not want his woman to work. And I'm just like. What the fuck? Because I'm pretty fucking sure that Teresa, from what I see on social media, is also a workaholic, has four. she has, Well, one daughter is like, I believe, out of the house. She's at college, Gia. But there's three other daughters. And it's like, where the fuck are you? Why is no one on her about this? Like, why can't Melissa just do whatever Melissa wants to do? And Melissa has said, she's like, I was a stay-at-home mom for 11 years. She's like, I did nothing but raise my kids and take care of a husband and take care of a house. She's like, I want to do me. And Margaret even, I really love what Margaret said. She was like, when the light is shining on you, you have to take the opportunities that are given. And I 100% agree because the light is shining on Melissa right now. And we need to just like allow Melissa to be great and not this fucking archaic bullshit that the women are trying to say. And it's just because Teresa and Melissa, they do not like each other. I hate this idea that like we're led to believe that they like are friends or that they like each other. They don't. It's very obvious. And I think Melissa is like, Melissa looks done to me. She looks so fucking tired and over it. She's over Joe not standing up for her. She's over Teresa getting away with literally everything. And Like I said, I do like Teresa, but it's difficult for me because frankly, I just think Teresa is kind of dumb. And I think it's hard to watch a show be so unbalanced, like have Teresa basically like run this fucking ship. And the things that people allow Teresa getting away with saying like the whole comment about like, well, Marge, your husband's just a plumber. It's like, go fuck yourself. Like as someone whose family is like literally almost 80% plumbers, like that is so fucking rude. And if anyone said anything like that to her, she would lose her fucking mind. And I just, I don't think that that's right. And I know everyone, myself included, has really enjoyed jennifer this reunion and i do because she makes for a great show but that doesn't mean i agree with what she's saying most of the time the slut shaming thing like i'm really not about it i'm really not into this idea that like margaret was easy breezy and loose like let the woman live her life she's married now to joe they're in love like what she did when she was in her 20s like she's just telling her story and we should honestly just like appreciate her for doing that i'm Again, I think it adds to this like, really dangerous discourse around women's sexuality, and especially when they were talking about basically like sexual harassment and assault. And Jackie said, oh, yeah, because like, Andy asked Jackie, he said, you know, you were a lawyer. Did you ever experience sexual harassment in the workplace? And she said, oh, yeah, all the time. And Teresa says, why would you let them do that? And I was absolutely disgusted by this because it's so ignorant. It's so uneducated. It's so dangerous to this idea that like Teresa's saying like, well, no one's ever done that to me because I would never let them. It's like, first of all, go fuck yourself. Second of all, you probably have never really had a job. So you've never really been put in a situation like that. Um, and Jackie was like, well, I didn't want to get fired. So I let them rub my shoulders because it was easier than confronting the situation because that's hard to fucking do, OK? Like Dolores looked confused by this whole conversation because she's like, what is my friend saying right now? Like, Teresa, what the fuck? But Jennifer like completely stuck up for her. And I was like, what are we doing? Why are we having this conversation? And then uh, oh, even Andy was like, whoa, 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 like that's this is not OK. This is not acceptable conversation. But again, Teresa gets away with murder. Like, it doesn't matter what Teresa says because we all just, you know, brush it aside and say, oh, Teresa doesn't understand. Okay, well, Teresa is a grown woman. She has to understand something. And I'm not even going to get into the whole analogy bullshit between Jackie and Evan because I feel like it has been beaten with a dead horse. Beaten with a dead horse? That's not a saying. It's beaten – we've beaten the de- – <laughs> we've beaten the dead horse. Okay. I don't know. It's early, you guys. OK, I'm like having my morning coffee and doing this. I apologize for any mistakes that I have made so far. So anyways, again, this is something. So you know how when we had Southern Charm on and it was when Craig decided he wanted to be a he wanted to sew. He wanted to sew pillows and everyone chanted, let Craig sew. And it was this big movement on social media. I want to start a movement called Leave Dolores Alone. Now, I do love Frank and Dolores together. I think Dolores loves Frank and Dolores together. But I think when it comes to David, I think we all just need to back the fuck up and let her just live her life. She's clearly fine with the arrangement that they have. They've been together for four and a half years. Frankie lived with him, you know, helped him with the GMAT, everything like that. Like, I just think we need to just get off of her. It just felt strange to me that like Dolores needs to be married to be happy. But I do like how Her and Frank handled the Joe Gorga situation where they're like, Joe speaks his mind. Dolores has known him since they were kids. Like, you know, I just think they have like that kind of relationship. And while I don't think it's right at all what he said, again, people make mistakes. They say things. They say ridiculous things. I am one of those people as well. So, again, I love the men of New Jersey. Like, I love them so much. I know we shouldn't give them their own spinoff because truthfully, I feel like that would be like the kiss of death. Um, I think we love them in the doses that we get them. That's really all I need. And that's coming from someone who like literally is in love with Frank Catania. But I also love Evan, you guys. Like Evan is a fucking dreamboat. Like I didn't love his spray tan. I thought it was a little aggressive personally, but I do love him and I love his love of uh jackie and i don't know what it is every time i record this podcast people are mowing their lawns it's like they're this they are the co-hosts of this podcast the people that mow the fucking lawns and that's honestly so i live in the city like in a neighborhood in the city and i honestly kind of miss living in the suburbs sometimes because people only mow their lawns on saturdays like this did not happen people are mowing their lawns like 3 p.m 9 a.m it doesn't matter people are just constantly fucking mowing their lawns i can't take it OK, anyways, sorry about that. Um, that's pretty much my thoughts on Jersey. And now I want to talk about Beverly Hills. You guys, Beverly fucking Hills is back. OK, Kathy motherfucking Hilton. I'm in love with her. Like, I am truly, truly in love with this woman. I don't know if it's because I had this like preconceived notion of like who she would be or how she would act, but she is nothing like I imagined. She is an icon. I just love her so much. Like when she called Rinna, Mrs. Hamlin, I just thought like, you're a boss. Like you are a fucking boss ass bitch because no one does that. They're always like Rinna, Rinna. And she was just like, Mrs. Hamlin. Yes, do we have any little treats to eat? Like, she's got this really deep, raspy voice. All the Richard sisters have this voice. Paris Hilton has this voice. Like, this is, this all comes from Big Kathy. She is the seventh housewife of Beverly Hills, you know, but dead. And personally, I just really get a high when we get like a little peek behind the curtain of the Richard's family, like growing up. Like when we get that little moment and we get it only it's only comes out sometimes. But I think with Kathy on the show, she's going to give us more of that because I love the dentistry story. Like last week when she was talking about doing dentistry on neighborhood children, cutting. She's like, I'm a hairdresser. Like, really? She's just very strange. And I love it. It's like a more sane Kim. And I love Kim. But. You know, Kim for me was a little difficult to watch at times. Uh, it was like just too dark for me, but Kathy's a little different. And the fact that she calls Kyle Doogie. Doogie yeah. knows her
1: stuff. <laughs> doogie, without you, what would we do?
0: When the producers were asking her, what does this even mean? She was like, honestly, I don't even know. She's like, like a Tootsie Roll. What's a Doogie though? I don't know what a Doogie is. A Doogie, little
1: child, like a little Tootsie Roll.
0: <laughs> it was just like that little window into their childhood that I just, I loved. And then of course they played two truths and a lie to which Kathy just kind of like made up her own game and just said three truths. I worked
1: as a dental assistant. I worked as a hairdresser, cutting children's hair. And I worked as a receptionist at the Waldorf.
0: I loved it because the editors like played back literally all of the times that Kathy has said those three, that she has done those three things. And all the women were like, wait, What, (laughs) you know, because Crystal was saying, like, oh, I was working at an escort agency. I, you know, got asked to be a madam. And those were the two truths. Like, I want more backstory on that. Erica said, oh, this was so good, you guys. So Christopher Rogers, he writes for Hollywood Life. He tweeted to keep in mind while we're watching that this took place um, this trip, October 26th. And Erica filed for divorce November 3rd. So when he tweeted that, I was like, okay, I got to keep that in mind this episode. So when Erica said, I wore a wire and was a witness in a government case. What does that even mean? Like, are we going to get more information about maybe she wore a wire for Tom and his problems? I mean, I don't know. But, you know, she just bugs me. (laughs) Like, her whole deep voice, like, oh, I'll tell you guys about it later. It's like, go fuck yourself. Like, you're on a show. Like, why even bring that up? It's so annoying. And then I just want to give a little shout out to Garcelle. Garcelle is probably my favorite Beverly Hills housewife. I would say Kathy Hilton, but Kathy Hilton's technically not a housewife, which is, like, such a shame. I love Garcelle so much because she's so confrontational, but in the best way. Like, she is so out there there with like her feelings she wants to get it all out on the table like she had a sit down with Rinna and then she had another sit down with Kyle and then you know they were able to work out their issues and I really appreciated that I appreciate that Kyle just listened to Garcelle's experience as a black woman and didn't try to like project her own experiences she didn't get defensive she just let Garcelle have that and I think that that is so important and such an important discussion to, for like us as viewers to watch play out on television instead of like, you know, watching Kyle get defensive and it turns into this big fight, which I mean, we kind of see that later. But now with Kyle, son, that was whew, we'll get into that. Um, yeah, I just I really loved that. I loved that so much. I think it was so powerful. And I just love Garcelle. She's just not afraid to like put it out there and like get her feelings out on the table. But her problem, I think, with Rinna, so they go to this lodge. Apparently, bears can, like, bust in on the ground floor. I would get the fuck out of there immediately. I would be like, nope, absolutely not. I'm sleeping on the roof. Um, The issue with her and Rinna is I feel like Rinna, because she's a veteran of reality television, she kind of views this world in, like, a very different way, right? Like, Rinna looks at her friendship with Garcelle through the lens of a reality show. And Garcelle looks at her friendships through, like, real life and her real feelings so I did appreciate that Rena was like listen I can't promise that I'm never gonna hurt your feelings again I can't promise that like you know I'm never gonna fuck up again like I did love that but I just I think that they just take their friendships differently it's like they're kind of dancing around this idea of like the fourth wall of like okay like we're really just good friends because we're both on this show I do think that they maybe had a friendship before I'm kind of like brenna and denise but brenna's like yeah like we weren't that close like i know how it like had to be portrayed for the show but that wasn't the reality and i think that they're kind of trying to you know like i said dance around that subject so i mean i'm gonna end this episode on new york okay just brief thoughts i don't love this season i'm not gonna spend the next you know however many minutes bashing this season Because I still am enjoying myself. But I'm also wondering what the fuck is going on. What is happening? And why are we being led to believe that Garth is hot? Because he's not. Garth is not a hot man. Garth is just an older man who has hair. And I think he dyes his hair. And there's nothing. I don't have anything against that. It's just particularly like not the vibe that I'm rocking with per se. I'm just like. What are we doing? What is I, it just doesn't feel grounded. And I felt like that's how it was last season as well. Like these there's just nothing really grounding them. I am loving Ebony and I'm loving her relationship with Ramona because it's so surprising to me. Like I just didn't expect it. I do also think Ramona is like on her very best behavior, to be completely honest. Um, And don't think I didn't like, you know, Miss Ramona rubbing Ageless by Ramona on her titties in the bed with Sonia in her negligee. No, no, no. Like, I, I got all that. I just, I don't want to keep harping on it, but I just think Sonia needs, I don't know what the fuck is going on with her, actually. The fact that she's still upset that her family moved seven years ago to Tennessee, it's like, baby, that was seven years ago. Like, seven. And she's acting like it just happened. It's ridiculous. And also this weird idea that, like, we got to keep the money in the family. Like, bitch, you got enough money. Your daughter's a fucking Morgan. She's an artist living in New York City on her own. I watched Gallery Girls. That's not real life. And that, I'm really glad that Mar- Ramona is like able to be real with her and is like, babe, that is not, like, the reality here. Like, you're living in a different world. And I also, it made me laugh a little bit because we're also, Being told that Ramona and Lou are like besties now and it's Lumona and like it's this new friendship and they're really getting to know each other. Okay. Because when Lou started crying at the bar about being around people who are really drunk and how difficult it is for her to see Sonia in pain, Ramona didn't give a fuck. Okay. Ramona like barely rubbed her arm, like was like, oh, okay, like go sit down somewhere else. Like, bye. And I only like really noticed this because then five minutes later you see Ramona like comforting Sonia hugging her kissing her like Ramona has even done that with Bethany so it just kind of made me laugh that like we're being told that they're these close friends I don't even think Ramona wished uh, Lou a happy birthday on Instagram it's just kind of funny to me and this whole vow of silence with Leah I'm not sure what she thought she was doing with all of that it felt really weird and like you're on a reality show you're not getting paid to be fucking silent this isn't you know a Charlie Chaplin movie like I don't really get what you're doing um, engage please and then this Heather Thompson uh, situation so Heather comes in and it is so underwhelming I don't know what I expected but it wasn't that she like just bopped in and even she was like this is such a cold reception this is so strange and then she's being shunned to the lower level like what Also, I mean, like, honestly, you guys, we've all been in that basement before. Like you have been in your friend's fucking basement. It might be your basement and it's okay. I'm not shaming you where it's just cold and dry and there's like a lot of neutrals and there's like, you know, the couch from upstairs. But then their parents got a new couch. Then they put the old one in the basement like that's the one we're dealing with. Like we all have been there. I would not want to stay down there either. Yeah. I mean, just the whole thing about the podcast and what she said. I mean, I did love that Heather re-released the episode after this episode of New York aired because people were like dying to listen to it. Yeah. So really just the highlight for me was Lou saying Ratsville. Ratsville. Looking dead ass in the camera and calling Carol a bitch and then saying Ratsville. Can't stand that
1: bitch. Whenever I see something Carol, I swipe. Bye-bye. Ratsville.
0: That's pretty much all I have for New York I obviously will continue to watch every single week and I do love our girls but something is missing for me I'm not I can't put my finger on what it is I (sighs) sadly I worry this might be Sonia's last season if she keeps this up but we'll see we'll see only truth and time tells all so that's all I got with New York Okay, I can't believe I almost forgot. Okay, so one last thing. Frankie Catania. I love my Frankie Catania. So I'm obviously a huge Frank Catania senior fan. I love that man so much. I love his bicep tattoos. I love his blue eyes. I love his little chuckle. I truly I love him. So I look at Frank Catania Jr. as like my stepson. And I don't know what brought me to his Instagram the other day, but I was just like browsing it, just taking a little peak, I found his girlfriend on Instagram. So I was like, Oh, let me go check her out. You guys, she's like a baby Dolores. And she's also taking all of her photos in a parking garage. A fucking parking garage. Every single photo is of her with a cement wall behind her. It's honestly kind of iconic. And so when I posted about this on Instagram, I had I had people in my DMs being like, oh, yeah, that's like a new aesthetic. Like, that's like a Gen Z thing. Like, everyone's taking photos in parking crashes. I'm like, this feels really weird. Stop it. Like, go to the boardwalk. Take some fucking photos in front of, like, you know, a clown or, like, a cute, like, beach moment. Like, why are you taking these photos in a garage with, like, your baby bralette on and your Jordans? And I hate that, you know, she's wearing low-rise jeans because it's like – They're coming back and it's really terrifying. But it was really funny to me that she was just in this park. Like, who is taking these photos of her? Who's like, yeah, let's go. Let's go to that garage. Let's go take photos. It's just also, does she have to pay to get into the garage? I just had that thought because, you know, how like sometimes you got to like go in, you got to like press that little button and the ticket comes out and you got to pay when you leave. Is she paying to take these photos in the garage? Like, I feel like there's an easier way to I don't know take cute Instagram photos for like your little Instagram aesthetic, which I fucking hate. But whatever. Here we are. It's 2021. And then but I did what I found so cute was that little Frankie was like hyping her up in the comments. You guys, he was like throwing fire emojis, heart emojis. He's like, babe, you're so beautiful. I'm just like, Frankie is the ideal like Instagram boyfriend. Like everybody wants their boyfriend to like hype them up. And he was doing it even when she's taking photos in like a fluorescent lit parking garage. So God bless him. God bless him. I just had to share that little tidbit of information. If you haven't looked, please go look. I don't want to like drop her handle because I feel like that's, I don't know. I feel kind of weird about that. Just go to Frankie Catania's Instagram and you'll find her. Uh, She's beautiful. But like I said, she's kind of like a baby Dolores. Like she's giving me like Kylie Jenner meets Dolores, which was like quite a combo. I think you can like really picture what I'm putting out there. So, yeah, I mean, I just had to share that with you and just had to tell you all uh, that Frankie Catania has an Instagram girlfriend who takes photos in a parking garage. It's a moment. Thank you so much for listening this week and please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to follow me on Instagram at Bravo historian and hot off the mess is a podcast by the dip that's D I P P and be sure to check out other podcasts from the dip. That's including the slut pig podcast with Christian Gray snow, the daily pop culture podcast, pop chaser and a TV history podcast, TV watch repeat. So see you next week.
1: The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at chef.com. That's chef with an s.com. You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways. On California beaches, they're the number one plastic you'll find. Over 35 years, cleanups have collected millions combined. But no matter where you see them, they're all getting smaller, eventually leaching into our food, our air, our water. The tobacco industry's to blame for all of the harm that they do. For the harm to the people we love, and the harm to you too, learn more at undo.org.